0: We were woken up one time at like four o'clock in the morning, which is a weird time. Um, we heard this like trumpet horns going, but it was like deathly loud, like coming from the sky. Mm-hmm. And and then it stopped. Everything stopped. And car alarms were going off and shit. It was so weird. And I looked up online and it's a common thing that has happened all over the world. It's called um, uh, Heaven's Trumpets or Heaven's Horns. And they have no idea what it's from or why it, why it happens, but... Um, their cool. best guess <laughs> is that it's radiation coming out from the center of the earth, manifesting itself into a vibration, which is heard as a phantom noise in the sky. Uh-huh. And and it's just like this, this like, uh, have you seen um, War of the Worlds with uh, Tom yeah. Cruise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course. You know, like that, burr, burr, mm-hmm. Burr, mm-hmm. that, that noise, that's what it sounded like, exactly like that. And it was just coming from the sky out of nowhere. And uh, it turns out it's called Heaven's Horns. And I was, we were one of the people that got to hear it happens all over the world but nice. Yeah, you can look a whole bunch of youtube videos of people like freaking out when they're hearing this noise
1: well yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> aliens are <laughs> invading man aliens are
0: invading <laughs> that's what people think too they think aliens are coming in so i don't well yeah i don't I mean, know you would think could be <laughs> who knows <laughs> that might be a semblance of proof that you were looking for <laughs> damn right well what's going on guys welcome to another episode of uncovered cinema podcast i'm brian I'm um, Will? Oh, you disappeared. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was drinking. <laughs> ah, drinking once again has claimed the lives of
1: a good podcast. <laughs> I know. I didn't want to have the <clears throat> on, <you> know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because then everybody would know. Yeah, so, yes, yes. Yeah, you're trying to be incognito that I'm a, until that I'm a, your human partner being. called you out. Oh, God. <laughs> um, okay, well, today oh. we're talking about the amazing technology behind the Lion King and I know we're a little bit behind on the curve but it uh is still in line with our mission statement on this podcast and what we're going to be talking about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they have amazing technology
1: it's it's uh it was
0: worth talking edge. about then it's worth talking about now because we're still using it and applying it to other movies
1: yeah it, it's cutting edge it's still being improved every single day
0: yeah so uh, one of the things that we did as when we created this podcast together is that we crowdsourced it to our family and friends, and we made it kind of like a group experience. So we asked everybody to help us come up with a name, an idea. We still now rely on them for show ideas and and stuff that we're going to be working on. And we got a huge response from our social media about what to call the name. And uh, the name that we ultimately chose came from Ana Gabriela Gutierrez. Thank you so much for the help. And I promise we'd give you a shout out. So that's where we are. If you want to check out our social medias right now, Uncovered Cinema on Facebook, Instagram, Uh, you can also email us at uncoveredcinema at gmail.com. If you want to contribute to the crowdsourcing that we do to uh, contribute to this show.
1: Yeah. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the name. It is so great. I love it. Absolutely. Yeah. We
0: love it because we, one of the things that we were thinking about is that we wanted to have something that reflected our personalities idea yeah our personalities and and we didn't want to have it be something that was too censored and too uh, PC for the world we wanted something that would respect our freedom of speech um, mm-hmm. rights mm-hmm. and it, it and we we both have uh, weird dark personalities <laughs> <Yeah>. so we <laughs> had to say it lightly <laughs> yeah so we wanted something that was gonna show that and then also, give a, a a piercing behind the veil of the film industry but also we didn't want to make it too techie for the film people and we didn't want to make it too uh film review we wanted to be mm-hmm. right in between that line and so we were having trouble thinking of a name but yeah once we sent it out there we got a whole bunch of whole bunch of uh, suggestions and this was the one that we felt It sounds sexy, right? Uncovered. Yeah. It's, it's
1: it's absolutely sexy. After dark. And it matches our personality like perfectly. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) The whole,
0: the whole collab so far has, has just been really refreshing. It's been like great Mm -hmm. getting to reconnect with, with people that I grew up with. And, uh, and, and it's awesome to see that we have very similar personalities and it's childlike interest <laughs> excitement <laughs> into the films that we like
1: so that's kind of fun yeah yeah it's definitely definitely refreshing and nice to see you know not everybody out there is a snob and stuck up which is
0: well maybe too a often le-
1: yeah well i mean <laughs> in in the film industry it's all too often to find somebody who takes it a little too seriously you know someone who's like no this is the best and this is this and that and this and your opinion doesn't matter because my opinion is you know ah it's like ah. Bah. <laughs> I love it.
0: okay so this weekend for me i saw well i unfortunately i had the opportunity to see three good movies i chose bad boys for life because i wanted to live that nostalgia of mm. the bad boy series growing up and you know i i think michael bay is an awesome director but sexy cars, until bay after explosions. i got there yeah, and and started watching the movie. I realized Michael Bay didn't direct this movie, so <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> whoops. He did. He well. did bless the movie by doing a uh, on scene cameo with uh, okay. Will Smith and, and Martin Lawrence. But the, oh, that's really cool. I, I I still haven't determined. Okay, it got good, good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave it good reviews. But I don't know if it's because of the nostalgia side of the franchise that has been made over the past 15 years. Yeah. And I I don't know how I feel about it yet because my surface surface level perception is that it wasn't a very good movie, partly because it reminded me of how old I've become over the time because mm-hmm. the movie is riddled with like age jokes and how they have getting fat and <laughs> need to wear their glasses. And it's like, and only that is funny for so long you know for the first five minutes but when you go two yeah. hours in the movie and you're still making old man jokes it's it's not uh it gets a little boring and yeah, yeah it also just felt like a lot of the same thing that's already been done like I, you know we talked about it before like nobody has original ideas anymore it feels like and this just felt like a recycling of the last two movies but mm, that's also what yeah, people that's... love they love all the action and gore not Gore, but all the act. Yeah. Gore They're yeah. shooting. I mean, if you think back to, um, bad boys Two, um, are you familiar with like the scene where they're in that house in the shootout with the Haitians? Yeah. Yeah, and there's yeah, just yeah, yeah. This amazing 360 camera movement. That's constantly spinning around to capture both sides of the wall as they're yeah. engaging. That was a fucking amazing scene. Like it's, it's iconic for me and it's, it's total Michael Bay, uh, creation you know personality uh flavor its total michael bay flavor and he wasn't in this one he didn't he didn't direct this one so uh it didn't have that same panache it didn't yeah it which also highlights to me the importance of your signature your style in the film industry because i i didn't know he wasn't into it. He wasn't in this movie until after I started watching it. But the reason I under- I knew that he wasn't in there is because it w- he didn't have his signature low parallaxing shots or, uh, or everything. He he likes to shoot very low to the ground. Yeah. And uh, he didn't have those those flares, the solar flares that he likes to do. Uh, lens flare, <laughs> rather. The lens and,
1: flares.
0: Yeah, he, he throws them in like crazy. But that's also what makes it his style. And unfortunately, the thing that makes it his style is he loves to blow things up and he loves way over the top, you know, fight scenes and, and they go on for way too long. If you've ever watched Transformers, and oh, watched them <laughs> there's way too much of it, but that's Guilty also pleasure. what makes it his style. Yeah. And this one didn't have it. It it was like 25% of a Michael Bay intensity in a, in a given action scene. Um, oh, but geez. maybe that's just because uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence are older and they can't do those type of things that they oh, were on. able to it's do Will in Smith. the first two
1: He was in Gemini, man. <laughs> Getting blown up yeah. and thrown all over the place. Which we are going to talk about
0: in the upcoming week, but... Yeah, he was, but... mean Michael I Lawrence,
1: know. on the other hand, he's gained a little bit of weight, but...
0: <laughs> and, which is also a reminder of our vitality. It's <laughs> reminding me of how old I've become. And I, I almost walked out of the film depressed because I was like, if if I learned oh. anything, if these <laughs> super film stars can't look good on camera anymore, then like I have no chance. I'm never going to look like I used to when I was 18, <laughs> you know? It's no hey, hope. It's gone. Moisturizer in the gym. yeah (laughs) yeah, easier said than done nowadays (laughs) i think (laughs) the only you know i'm i'm italian so i'm naturally all italians we like bathe in -hmm. in uh, um, garlic butter once a week so Mm, i have very smooth silky skin (laughs) that's a thing we do (laughs) except for the off weeks when we (laughs) bathe in marinara sauce so, uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. That's because you, otherwise you get rough skin, and we can't mm-hmm. have that. So <laughs> this is how we yeah. keep our olive complexion. Uh, <laughs> anyways, the, the the Michael Bay. <laughs> we are talking about, Michael Bay? Yeah, <laughs> one of the things that we're today we're talking about the technology behind Lion King. So I bring mm-hmm. up the Michael Bay as a director because this this technology is kind of stemmed from things that that he requested when filming transformers so uh, if you are aware the transformers were not real there's <laughs> their cgi and their digital what and i know i didn't want to Mind break it that's a spoiler
1: blown <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what he did was had them create this virtual setup in a virtual arena that they can mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that he can block his shots with so that we can have these really close interactions and those, those nice sweeping shots that make Michael Bay uh, his signature uh, mm-hmm. in the film. And, and he did it by hand, even though everything was was digital. So that's very similar to what happened in the Lion King. If you haven't seen Lion King, great movie. You should check it out. Like I Beautiful. said, it's like watching Discovery Channel, except they talk like how cool is that? Watching Discovery yeah. Channel, except they're saying like, hey, don't eat me. You know, it's, it's so yeah. cool.
1: It's actually, it's absolutely beautiful. And you know the whole, you know the controversy around the Lion King remake, right? The live action remake? People I, were, no. no. So people were mad that they turned it into a Disney, like wildlife movie, right? They're like, oh, it's too real. It's, you know, it loses the flavor of the um, original cartoon and what Lion King was and it has no heart and soul and blah, blah, blah bullshit, right? Yeah. Then there was also controversy that, oh, it wasn't real enough. It was all CGI. Why didn't they use real animals? Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, pick a side, guys. <laughs> yeah. And, real animals. Come on. Because yeah, they're not it's actors. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry. We can't get a freaking you know real animal to actually do what they are able to program and make a cgi animal do what Not is that, that wasn't old show that used to have the horse that talked i can't oh, remember uh ed yeah and you mr know, ed or something peanut like that butter
0: under his lips yeah that's that's a lot harder to do with a lion <laughs> that's a lot harder
1: to do Jesus. Oh my goodness. It's just like, I was reading this and I was like, are you like, seriously, guys, you guys can't be happy. Just it's, it's a good, it's a good movie. I a cried. A great remake.
0: <laughs> yeah. First five minutes. That's all. Yeah. It's a little odd to, but there's not, I, I never, many... I never cry because of the sadness in the films. I'll bite mm-hmm. through my entire lip before I let a tear go out for that. I, 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 I dropped a tear because of it's watching these things that I grew up with be in real life now it's like pinocchio you know it's like yeah it's he always wanted to become as a real boy now all i wanted to do is watch this film that was made to look like real life it looks so fucking amazing and and how you're right the disney that disney nature look how Mm -hmm. it looks just oh it looks amazing yeah uh you have the information for the important peeps in this right
1: yes but on the um on the mark of crying in movies i have to admit (laughs) Don't pass it. Last night, last night I was watching the season or the series finale. My bad. The series finale of the ranch. Tear ran down my face. Got emotional. Was it not because of the cake vodka? (laughs) Emotional. No, 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 no. I don't drink (laughs) I don't drink the vodka when I'm watching the ranch. The ranch is the ranch needs all my full attention. Right? I I haven't seen it, but I promise I would. Oh god, it's Huh. What
0: is this Netflix or? Yeah, Netflix. Who, or... It's a Netflix, Netflix original.
1: Okay. Uh, they oh, just god, right? they just finished the series after eight seasons.
0: Right now, I'm on. Uh, have you seen uh, Sex Education on Netflix? No, I haven't. Oh my god! How amazing is it that they can <laughs> extend out the only the only precipice of this show that the audience is waiting for is to watch this young man masturbate. <laughs> because and they extended it out over two seasons how oh, genius like seasons is that That this they can to
1: masturbate
0: we waited two seasons to watch this man masturbate because it, i mean if you haven't seen it this sounds out of context but you should see it because it's all well, about like it takes a regular guy five of minutes teenagers on, uh, the internet yeah and, and it's like his mom is uh a, a sex uh therapist so that's her job and so because of it like he grew up around all this like sex stuff in the house and Mm -hmm. from that you know in the association of it tied with his mom he has a problem dealing with like his things that are normal for for teenagers and but at the same time he although he loathes it he follows in her footsteps by becoming a sex therapist at his school (laughs) underground you know he does it underground just for like the 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 sexually active teen so it's such a good it's it's once you watch the first Jesus episode Christ. you get addicted yeah <laughs> and it's the same kid from uh, the lead character from uh, the Pellegrins uh, that movie uh, 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 pe- the children particular I'm almost oh, there oh <laughs> uh, peculiar children Ms. yeah Penman's yeah peculiar for... children yeah there you go yeah. particular whatever that thing is. we is got movie? It. we think between Better both book. of us we. We completed it.
1: <laughs> nice,
0: nice. It's that same kid, though.
1: Okay, cool. Okay, back, well, to, back Lion to what Kane. we originally Off talked about masturbation <laughs> and alcohol. <laughs> yeah.
0: Let's talk about this fun Disney movie.
1: <laughs> All right. So, um, I'm going to tell the synopsis just for someone who's been living under a rock for, you know, the last 30 years. Uh, the plot follows Simba, a young lion who must embrace his role as the rightful king of his native land following the murder of his father, Mufasa. Spoiler alert. At the hands of his uncle, Scar. Bigger spoiler. Uh, Fav- oh God, how do you say his name? Favreau? Favreau? Oh, is that director. the bird? No. <laughs> no, the director. It's the director. Okay, sorry. Yeah. John Favreau. Uh, Happy Hogan. Yeah, Happy Hogan was inspired by certain roles of characters in the Broadway adaptation and developed upon elements of the original film's story. All right. So, if you've been Love living it. under a rock, I'm sorry for the spoiler alerts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the
0: <clears throat> one of the uh significant things about this film is that it was I like the adaption that it was filmed with cameras without cameras. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's actually it was a big thing in in the in the media because it's like oh we're filming a a major motion picture without cameras but with the feel of cameras. So yeah, I, I like that it, they they still wanted to have that the creation of the film, the blocking and everything was still made in the traditional way that we make films um, by using you know the 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 dollies and and the mm-hmm. cam rigs crane shots but if you look at the b-rolls of it there's not uh, I'm sorry if you look at the behind the scenes of it there's not cameras attached to those steady cams it's just a, a marker, a sensor and yeah what they effectively did is created this 3d uh, invisible world inside of a warehouse giving the cameraman the room to move around but there was nothing there and then they designed the the world, in a virtual setting so that the cameraman can wear uh, like a 3d virtual reality headset and walk around this warehouse and see everything in this world and set up his shots for that specific scene.
1: Yeah. John Favreau, he is, Oh man, he is insane. He's such, he's a genius. So what he did to get that look, to do all that stuff is he combined virtual reality with Um, current modern day filmmaking techniques to pull that off. So he wore a virtual reality headset, which is, uh, I'm not sure if it's the first time in history, but it's one of the first times. And it's definitely the best uh, known aspect of basically making the whole film in virtual reality. It just shows where the technology is going to be going to in the future. This is just the first application. And um, another thing he did, which was ingenious. So, Um, as you may know, when people make, uh, cartoon movies or movies where they have to do voiceovers, they sit in the studio and they do the voiceover, right? Like they stand there and they read from the script or whatever. Well, he create a, uh, was it, it's called a black box studio or a black box theater inside the movie studio and had the actors actually play out their individual roles so they can get the right, um, way to talk to each other if they had to shout if they had to whisper whatever they had to do so he can actually get out that emotion from them
0: yeah it's a great technique to use because now they're they're actually acting they're actually interacting yeah. with each other instead of just shouting in a in a in a confined studio space into yeah, the black and- abyss of the sound foam you know <laughs> there, yeah. there's nobody actually there so this is this is nice so they had like uh audio riggers and stuff hold, holding. Mm-hmm microphones up as they're acting and and then later taking that they moved over and, and applied it into that virtual world but it's, yeah. it's really dynamic in the aspect that they were able to you know do that with their actors but then they're also doing the same thing with the shots, so it allowed us to see a, a wider range a bigger perspective of this world that the lion king exists in that maybe we wouldn't have been able to pull out of a um, a computer screen. You know, if, if they were just yeah. doing it on a com- computer screen with the mouse and zooming around and saying, well, I want this shot to move there and I want this shot to do this. But now you know it'd been too smooth and too clean. So then it's it's much better when they gave it this this human touch by holding on to a steady cam that tracked where that camera would have been in the space that exists inside this yeah. virtual world. That's it's it's really dynamic that they were able to do that with both the actors and the film the, in the, in and yeah. the, the scenes that were set up.
1: Yeah. And with this cutting edge like technology they were using, they're actually able to pull out a lot more motion than you would expect a live action version of a lion to be able to give. You know, They couldn't really rely on making the faces super cartoony because that's not the look he was going for. He was going right. for like a real live look of a real lion so they had to get the emotion out of the body they had to get the emotion out of the camera angles they had to get the emotion out of the voice and i think with what he was trying to do and the way he implemented it he got more emotion out of the actors and out of the characters than i think any other director would have been able to without totally implementing facial um like facial uh changes and stuff because that's how humans right now see emotions on people if they see somebody sad it's their actual face being sad and then they combine it with the voice and like their body language but you take one of those features away and it's very difficult to get emotion out of people that's what's wrong with text messages nowadays
0: yeah and horrible. emails <laughs> we sound so old when we rant about current technology I, oh, shit, I think every episode we've done that, that. <laughs> <laughs> we're so, not
1: old I swear we're only in our <laughs> early 30s. jesus is it thirty-six already <laughs> yeah. oh. god damn well um <laughs> what the hell were we talking about uh oh, current, current tech te- or the cutting edge technology <clears throat> cutting edge oh technology.
0: yeah so and one of the things that is is interesting compared to the last episode where we're talking about sonic is in this case the realism played better in the in the role yes. versus the more cartoony version of it but i think really the the realism on the Lion King is is more important to this story to tell because it plays off more important because the we wanna see the emotions of the characters mm-hmm. and we also want to exist in this world with them. We wanna feel like we're in a real world with the Lion King playing out
1: yeah absolutely. with
0: sonic it didn't work because we wanted the cartoony look because that's what you know it's from a video game we grew up with that so
1: yeah that's uh in this case it's, it's kind of
0: opposites of each other but they work
1: yeah and this they really went full bore into the uh realism aspect you know there's over 30 different real life species of animals depicted in this movie and they got everything right about them for instance um, do you remember the, well, obviously you remember, but the intro scene to the Lion King where, um, he's holding up baby, um, oh yeah. What the hell is his name? Simba. Uh, baby Simba. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's holding up baby Simba In the cartoon, he's actually standing up, holding him up like a cartoon would do. Well, in real life, that type of monkey that he is would not actually be able to hold up a baby lion. So what they had him do is they had him sit down on his butt when he's holding them up. A lot oh. of people didn't notice that little bit of a difference, no, but it's that little bit of realism that extra step that this these filmmakers went through to get that realism that makes this whole movie just go on another level yeah that is I didn't
0: notice that but yeah that's and they did go through and and did it proper they researched mm-hmm. all the individual animals filmed them and and took notes and and saw their anatomy and <clears throat> behaviors yep. so that they would interact together better and, yep. and it would play off more real like like i don't even say so the th- problem is they've made it so real that i don't even know what's real anymore like when i watch <laughs> <laughs> discovery channel and you're watching those those uh nature movies it's like wow it's like it looks they're
1: hard to tell each other apart well and that's that is completely due to the animators dude there was 130 animators working that's almost as much as a triple a game studio 130 Jeez. freaking animators, dude. Thousands of man hours, thousands of man hours creating these uh characters. It's insane how much work they put into it.
0: Yeah, what do you think about the uh, all the actors in this film were like big actors? I think that's mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. And we have uh, let's see. Eric Andre, Keegan Michael, what is his name? Uh, K, oh yeah, Keegan Michael K. We have like Seth Rogen, uh, mm-hmm. Chance the Rapper was even in it, but I'm so glad that James Earl Jones they still kept him for the voice mm-hmm. of Mufasa, and again, yeah, man, so happy that he was. I mean, how old is this
1: guy? <laughs> he's, Dude, he's iconic. He exactly, iconic.
0: Voice of Darth Vader, voice of the mm-hmm. original Mufasa. They brought him back. That's that's so awesome that
1: they uh, were able to to keep so, that in, that continuity. You know. So, you know, when people, when actors are credited in films, there's um, two different ways that they can be credited, right? There's the standard, uh, you know, cast, this actor played this character, right? Yeah. Then, um, towards the end, there's an, like, an honorary one. Not an honorary, like, their honorary character because they're in it, but, yeah. like, they're put on a pedestal when it says, with this actor playing this character, right? And uh of course James Earl Jones got it because you know he's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> he's gonna he gets it in every movie, you know, just that he plays. It's just the way it happens. Um, but someone else got it as well. It was Beyonce. And it was one of her first times, if not her first time, getting that honor. And it's so wow. so great to see that she's finally hitting that pedestal of being this actress that everybody's like, okay, cool. We want you in the film, but we don't just want you in the film. We want, like, you're the face of the film. You're yeah. something everybody knows. And that's it's so great. Right. Beyonce was in it's so great. Movie. It's mm-hmm. I can't
0: even name all the names of the people that are in the movie. There's so many big names in there, but that's interesting. Yeah, Beyonce was was given that that honorary yeah. thing. Also, huge, huge you honor. know that conveniently brings us into a great transition for. Yas Queen. (laughs) Oh, Yas Queen. Yeah, so you (laughs) you actually found out some more information about
1: Yas Queen, right? Because
0: we were asking in the 1917 episode, the first time in in a letter that OMG, oh my God, was used, and I asked about Yas Queen, and you actually figured that out since then, right?
1: Yes, so uh, we were talking about uh, Yas Queen, was it last? No, it was the one before that. It was our first one. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I was just told earlier today, because we didn't know where the beginning of it was. No, 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 it was the last one. It was the 1917 one. Yeah. Um, we, we didn't know where uh, Yasmin started. Apparently, uh, the first time people ever really started hearing it was in a documentary, Paris is Burning, in 1990. Oh, my dog, Leia, says hi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a documentary on uh, drag queens in New York City in the 1980s. So it's uh Yas queen is actually started from the drag Queens and it's to honor them to honor. And so yeah. it, okay. well, it, it's something they would say. So a lot of people say it now, not necessarily knowing cause we didn't know, but that's so cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. that it's originally <laughs> from that. That's so awesome. <laughs> Isn't, but there is some irregularities on how, um, the animal kingdom really would react to, uh, Mufasa and Simba and, uh, scar uh what for they don't instance, fight no for instance uh M- well simba would have gotten away because you no know, not necessarily so in the in the um animal kingdom i was watching a uh film theory on this earlier from the film theorists on mm-hmm. youtube he's saying that um when scar killed mufasa he would have killed um uh, simba and every other child of mufasa and then taking over the pack.
0: Oh yeah, because then the just having their their
1: they DNA want the, of them, you yeah. wouldn't
0: want to keep them around.
1: Yeah, exactly. He wouldn't want to, uh, you know, keep them around and have to spend energy on taking care of someone else's child. Right? Energy. Uh, so that's so, a big yeah yeah
0: because now you've got a whole bunch of orphaned lions mm-hmm. that you now become the father of.
1: Yeah, exactly. So he would kill them and then you know start making babies with all the females well uh which
0: that's not the kind of disney movie we want to watch right no no it's definitely not
1: the <laughs> movie we want to watch and uh not at all so i'm definitely happy they went with the uh more fantasized route but still one, one it's just it's i, I noticed as
0: a, a common theme with disney movies and it, it sucks because uh i mean if you don't know i have i have two adopted children and almost every movie i see child's movie i see involves Orphaned parents, or or orphan, the character is loses their family. They always die. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bambi, um, you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks. It's like they they actually literally get adopted at the end of the movie. So it's, it's it's. I guess it's refreshing to see because it's less work on my behalf. I don't have to explain that this is a common thing uh, because it's all because they see it on TV all the time. But it's also like a a stark reminder that I don't want my kids to grow up with. You know, yeah. So. It's like I don't. I don't know. People eat that shit up. They love, I guess, the
1: well I don't know how, kids <laughs> finding well, their way
0: back to reality.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know how true this is, but I've heard a theory as to why that is like that. Well, um, Walt Disney, when he was younger, he uh, bought his parents a house after he became successful and after uh, Mickey and everybody came out, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there was an issue with the uh. Carbon monoxide detector in the house, and his oh. mom ended up dying. And yes. they say that now he was making films where at least the mother would die in recognition of his own mother. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how true that is, but that is something I you know heard through the grapevine. Wow, and it, so it's so sad it, it's, to hear if a, that's the truth.
0: Again, goes back to like you know this Michael Bay. That's your signature. That's what makes mm-hmm. you a successful director. And you know we're gonna be going on to talking about tips to get into film school and how to be successful in the film industry. Yeah. And, and and it really just goes to show like, it's just like being a a personality on TV is that you have to have a personality. You have to have something over the top or something that makes you unique. You know, we don't want, we don't want the, the best looking people to be the actors because they're, they're just so generic. We want the forest Whitakers yeah. of the world, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Sorry, that was just a good... I couldn't think of anything else, but that was a perfect... <laughs> force we did it. That was a perfect uh,
1: analogy. <laughs> um, so I, I don't know why I just started thinking about this, but the, uh, um, I started thinking about the character models of Lion King again. And it one thing that I forgot about earlier, and uh, it just popped in my head, is the detail of the models, you know? Oh like yeah, for instance, individual uh, hairs, dude, it's insane. Um, let me see if I can pull up that thing. Uh, here it is. So they said that it, the lions had over six hundred million individual strands of hair. Six hundred million, dude! Wow, holy crimeity! I think <laughs> the computers to process the hair, dude, just the hair another, alone. That's another thing they said. To render this film, right, start to finish, if they did it on a single computer, like a standard computer in everybody's home, even a computer that's meant for like video processing, not the supercomputer they were using, but just a regular computer, it would take 30,000 years to render this movie. Dear Lord. Yeah. (laughs) It's insane. Wow. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. That's how much detail went into this damn thing, dude. 30,000 years. One thing that's crazy too is they, they have these
0: super computer facilities set up. And mm-hmm. bef- so they're paid for. Tr- a lot of them are paid for by the government and they're going to be using them for who knows what. Probably listening into satellite phones that or go up our ass or some shit down the line. I don't know. <laughs> but who knows what you know the conspiracies for. have started <laughs> <laughs> new conspiracy story yeah. i don't think that was going to have any footing to hold up Did to you anything
1: you're going to put satellite phones up
0: <laughs> but wh- what's interesting is, is that they <laughs> they rent these out for commercial um commercial use before they go private so mm-hmm. the the public can have access to use i mean you gotta have a lot of money and no reason to use it but uh yeah they can, they have access to use it and it's actually just a way for them to test out the, the user of the, of the product that they're putting out so that when it goes private to the government, they're going to present a fine product. But yeah, it, it's giving us like a sneak peek to all this technology that's coming out that we don't yet have access to that apparently mm-hmm. Disney is is, <laughs> is, is profiting <laughs> off of at the moment. But that's, that's a, it's, it's crazy to think that that's we're we're excited about the technology, but we're behind on the technology. You know, does that make oh, sense? Dude.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it makes complete sense. And you want to talk about money? <laughs> we'll we'll get into we'll get into the finances of this film in a minute. Because holy shit, it did well, <laughs> huh? Oh, oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Probably better than uh, Bad oh, Boys oh. did. <laughs> Just oh, I got to breathe for a second reading these numbers. So. You know, it costs two hundred and sixty million dollars to make, right? That's and is a, that that's pretty uh, extraneous pretty, for a movie, yeah. isn't it? Well, I mean, yeah. Uh, Star Wars, I think, takes four hundred million, but they okay, usually well, have really big sets and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. This one is all CGI, so for a C, this is complete CGI movie, two hundred and sixty million. I'm not really sure how that falls on the thing, but you and marketing know that um, whenever you have a big. Blockbuster like this, you're going to spend as much money in marketing as you did creating the film, or more. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. So they, let's just say nice. They spent another two hundred and sixty million dollars, right? So they spent five hundred and twenty million dollars approximately on this movie. Guess how much money they made in the box office worldwide? Guess. Ooh. Um, uh, is there a B in front of it? Oh oh yeah.
0: Oh okay okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do conservative. I'm gonna say one point
1: five billion. 1.657 billion dollars jesus yeah that means they made over this is being like you know using double their um money with marketing um they made approximately 1.2 billion dollars in profit off this fuck me that's yeah <laughs> yeah wow okay so that's i mean
0: definitely a payoff for all the people that invested all their hard work into that uh, oh, yeah. I mean, and obviously, they they're not taking they the profits, remakes. but Disney is. Yeah. And uh, we can thank them for next time you get on a roller coaster at Disney that the damn thing actually works. So, yeah, seriously. <laughs> there's Wait. your money from back that, that. But that's yeah. pretty cool that all that was, you know, uh, um, it would be an honor to actually work on a film like that that made that much money. Because oh, huge, it's, huge it's honor. E- equal, equal to the recognition that it received as well as the people, you know, the liking of it.
1: Oh, yeah. No animator that worked on that movie is going to have a hard time getting a job ever <laughs> <Then you're laughs> like so what's your filmography well i made simba from the lion king <laughs> live action oh simba? shit <laughs> hired <laughs> yes <laughs> yes um but you want to know what's really fucking cool so you obviously know what the guinness world record all right yes I mean, yeah i would hope hope you know all right the live-action remake of uh, Lion King broke the Guinness World Record for highest-grossing remake at a global box office. Awesome! Wow! Yeah, that's so freaking cool. That movie. And people wonder why they do remakes, dude. Seriously, yeah, they really. broke a Guinness World Record. <laughs> we don't, we don't need to billion dollars in profit. Remake. <laughs> we don't need yeah. new no ideas if the good ones, the old ones are still good. Yeah, exactly. If they're doing <clears throat> new and fresh things. What do you, you mean don't... by live
0: action remake? Because I, my mind is wandering when you say that, but I don't think that they're animating this as the movie was happening. So, what, what do you? What, what is a live
1: action remake? So they're basically, uh, this is as close to live action as this story can obviously go because they're making it hyper realistic. It's not cartoonish. That's why they uh... didn't put baby Simba's face on. You know, Simba. Everybody, when it came out, they're like, oh. You could have stylized this a little bit, put it on his face, it would have been so much better, been like, no, but that would have been an animated movie. They're going for live action. They're going as hyper-realistic as possible without actually using real animals. And that's what a lot of people didn't understand. They didn't get. Interesting. They're like, why don't they do this? Like with um with Sonic, like you said earlier, dude. Like that is an animated live action movie. It is live action because there's actual characters in it, but he was an animated character, a fictional made-up character from a different dimension. Mm. These are lions living in Africa, technically East African lions, if you really want to be specific. So, like, they wanted to give that realistic, you know, face, yeah, the realistic yeah. body, the realistic muscle tones. Hell, they even coded a custom um, way for the wind to hit the hair on... Um, the Mel lion's manes so it'll flow the right way love it right and it, dif- and it definitely shot. i mean all of it paid off because it was an
0: amazing movie to watch do you have a favorite scene from the movie that you like uh
1: <clears throat> for me i liked the rafiki like rafiki's um so a little known thing is rafiki had he's obviously the closest to a human character in the in the movie, because he is a uh, uh, primate, right? Yeah, yeah. They are able to give him a lot more human emotions than everybody else, and it really showed. And everybody's like, "Oh, he has the most soul in the movie." Well, obviously, because you can see the emotions. But seeing him in the movie doing his funny little thing was my favorite part of the movie because he was my favorite part of the movie when it first came out as a cartoon. Also, yeah. And they just they did him so well. That I, I love it. <laughs> I love the way they did them. I love the way that they animated them. I love that they gave them a little bit of human emotion. Didn't keep them completely animal. It like brought us back down. Yeah, you know?
0: I feel like for me, I personally identify more with the bird because I'm kind of goofy and nerdy <laughs> and trip over things a lot. So I'm trying to find my place in the world always. For me, though, the the scene I liked, I think, was the when they're fighting on the top of the mountain with the fire going around them. That was just. Yeah. Awesome! And the camera spins yeah. around and we go over this cliff just to give that that feeling of that height. Intense
1: battle scene, yeah,
0: yeah. It was as it was good, but I also liked uh, the the part where all the gazelles start running down the mountain, which almost was damn near vertical. But you know, that's 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 things animals can do. <laughs> have you, have you yeah. seen a like, goat climb a dam? I mean, that's <laughs> it's pretty amazing. But yeah, when they when they come running down there, just I I love the the dust coming up and mm-hmm. and it really uh, conveyed that. That, that, that sense of the movement and the animals and, and it brought us nice and low to Simba's
1: level so you kind of feel like you're about to get trampled as well. Yeah. yeah, it made it feel really scary especially when it was up on the big screen. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> yeah. All but right see, guys, Well, I, think, oh, I think oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, Um, I was going to say, I think I also identify with Rafiki most because in my uh, college class, I'm the oldest by, you know, 10 years. So I feel like Rafiki with the little kids. Like, oh no, this is what you should do. This is what yeah. you should do. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> like, true. Listen to the old man. <laughs> I tend to feel more like the
0: like weird older uncle of people being <laughs> in my thirties in school still. But yeah, it's that's good. I mean, at least you you feel wise.
1: <laughs> the wise old mentor. <laughs> uh,
0: and I play off as the perverted uncle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, next time we're talking about uh, film school and how you can get into it. We both have unique perspectives being from two different industries. And we both got into the film industry or production side differently. Mm -hmm. So that's something you're definitely going to want to listen to. And yeah, Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Uncovered Cinema.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.